A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts threw all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, Hello babies. babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, listening to our show. Um, it's great to great to be in your ears. Yeah, it's the only hole of yours I want into. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We went there. <laughs> I went there, Lisa. I followed. Lisa didn't object. <laughs> <laughs> I followed you right into that yeah. hole. <laughs> oh boy. Oh god, I'm so afraid of caves now. <laughs> More afraid than I was before. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Yeah. Um I wanted to start by addressing something that someone pointed out on the Facebook page, which is that in the previous episode I had been pronouncing it geoduck. Instead of gooey duck. It's which pronounced is it's, gooey duck. It's pronounced gooey duck. And I should have known that because I know an entire song about gooey ducks, which it has been requested that I sing it. Okay. Wait. Do you, I have your permission, but wait, you can wait, 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 wait. ask your questions first. Okay. So it's spelled G E O and it is pronounced gooey. Yes. As if it was a fourth nephew of <laughs> Uncle Scrooge. Yes. Yes. Huey <laughs> Louie. Um, <laughs> I want to find the post on the um, on the Facebook page because there was a discussion about why it's pronounced that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I'm just like, it's already like the weirdest creature. It's derived from a Lushut seed word, Mm. which means to dig deep and is pronounced gooey duck. That is awesome. The gooey duck is the mascot of Evergreen State College. And yes, they have a fight sung. Go, gooey ducks, go through the mud and the sand. Let's go siphon high, squirt it out, swivel all about, let it all hang out. Go, gooey ducks, go. Because it looks like a penis also. Yeah. Uh, go, gooey ducks, go. Stretch your necks when the tide is low. Siphon high, squirt it out, swivel all about, let it all hang out. Which is amazing. Oh, Evergreen, you hippies. Oh, Evergreen. <laughs> but that's not the gooey ducks song that I know. How's yours go? Uh, I learned it at Girl Scout camp. <laughs> Uh, and it's, you can hear the diggers say as they're heading for the bay. Oh, I got to dig a duck, got to dig a duck a day before I get a buck a duck. If I dig a duck a day, so I got to dig a duck, got to dig a duck a day. Dig a duck, dig a duck, dig a gooey duck, dig a duck, dig a gooey duck, dig a duck a day. Hey, dig a duck, dig a duck, dig a gooey duck, dig a duck, dig a gooey duck, dig a duck a day. You can... Wait, no, and then the Did next... Did you ever just run home and scream <laughs> scream it into a pillow, but with the word fuck <laughs> instead of duck? No. Wait, there's a second verse that I'm not remembering. Well, it takes a lot of luck and a certain kind of pluck just to get around the muck, just to get a gooey duck, for it hasn't got a front and it hasn't got a back and it doesn't know Donald and it doesn't go quack. And then the chorus repeats. Anyway, <laughs> I needed to sing that. Um, you're welcome <laughs> to the people who asked and to anyone who didn't ask. You're dead to me. <laughs> Go dig a duck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Cool. Uh, so that's one piece of business. That's great. From a previous episode. You said you had a bunch of business to address in the intro, and I'm just like excited to hear what else. Oh, yes. That was like unexpected. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what. I mean, the other things are not necessarily business. It's just like things, things. I, I wanted to talk about today. Um, someone also shared with us a YouTube video of Becky, the chicken lady, who's this woman who has a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, where she talks about farm things. I want to like go visit that farm it looks great yeah i highly recommend checking out becky the chicken lady um the episode was about how that they sent was about how chickens reproduce yeah and um one of the things that she talked about was how like a bad rooster will not do the dance to make sure the chicken knows that he wants to mate oh my god he'll just like attack her and she was like we do not let bad roosters live on our farm and i was like that's a good very woke policy totally it's like I've encountered so many bad roosters who won't do a dance. <laughs> you, you got to do the dance. You got to do the dance. Don't hate the game. Um, so that's they don't have they don't have penises, right? Chickens. They kind of just like push their nubbins together. Is that how it works? Yeah. I like read this article about how very few only like three percent of birds have dicks now. Now? Now. Like, apparently, like, maybe at some point. Well, like the way that they uh, like evolved was so few of them have dicks weird like geese have dicks and ducks have dicks. so it's just a nubbin yeah i have to say i'm kind of embarrassed to admit that like my understanding of how chickens reproduced was entirely based on that cartoon where that one rooster is a crooner have you seen this it's from like it's like a really old maybe like looney tunes cartoon or disney right. cartoon where um, there's a bunch of hens in the hen house oh, and yeah. then there's a like a Frank Sinatra like a rooster, rooster. Yeah. and he just sings and then just like a pile of eggs appear underneath the chickens. I mean, that's and pretty much right. I well, I I'm just like embarrassed at like how far into adulthood <laughs> my understanding of chicken reproduction was based on that because I really thought that chickens wouldn't lay eggs unless a rooster was around and, and it was just the idea of the rooster is what made them do it it's confusing that they kind of just lay eggs regardless yeah i mean so do we kind of i'm not that confused by that now though yeah because right. it's just like menstruation pretty much yeah yeah um i wish i just laid an egg instead of menstruating that'd be great would it yeah if you just lay one egg I guess so. Unless it hurt. I feel like it's probably not that comfortable to lay an egg. It's not that comfortable to menstruate either. That's true. (laughs) I don't, I honestly don't know what I would want. I mean, it would definitely be cleaner, but I guess like, what if it happened while you were in a business meeting and then what do you do with the egg? I don't know. I'm sure we'd figure out some kind of disposal system, but. I've already apologized once to Alex, who is a, generously producing our podcast today for talking about <laughs> menstruating and it's like how many more times you know i should just um this uh, this apology not, is just a blanket apology do not apologize i should I also what we're talking about right now is like a theoretical form of menstruation i know but i'm also like literally menstruating that's true <laughs> and you would prefer if it was just one egg i would prefer one egg <laughs> if i could choose it'd be like a hummingbird egg but you know i, yeah. w- I would take a chicken egg because that's the thing is like the size of a chicken and the size of the eggs they produce. Yeah. If it was proportional relative. to that. They would be big. They would be big and it would suck. But it would also be kind of satisfying, wouldn't it? You'd just be like, huh? I mean, are we talking about just childbirth? Is this what? 
Yeah, but no. I mean, it would be cool if we lay eggs because then we wouldn't have to carry kids around inside of us. Oh, yeah. But also if it was just like an unfertilized egg, like would you cook it and eat it? Would you just Would that be? I mean, that would be cannibalism. But if it's unfertilized, it's not even a living thing. Yeah, but we don't go around like chewing on tampons. <laughs> but we do eat our own placentas sometimes. That's true, but we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, fancy companies in LA disagree. Uh, uh, a lot of fancy companies in LA are selling a lot of a lot of things lot that of they things. should not. <laughs> Have you ever like read an article by someone who's eaten placenta? My parents ate my placenta. Really? Yeah. I read this article by a woman who like she got it in like pill form and ate it and it made her feel fucking crazy. Like the amount oh, really? of hormone was so high that she like lost her mind. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. This really went to this a really place went. I didn't expect. Thank you for Becky, the chicken lady for sending us on this tangent. She really like, she's a real, she opens up a lot of conversations. Yeah. This chicken lady. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, cause I was just thinking about the conversation we had about Craigslist on our last episode. Yeah. Um, I had like a very interesting Craigslist transaction this week that um, was sort of like in line with some of the stuff we were talking about, but also very surprising Um, because so like in the last episode we were talking about like haggling and also like how you communicate with people on Craigslist versus when you meet them in real life to like do the thing. Yeah. And so I saw this rug on Craigslist that I wanted to buy. Um, and I like started texting with the person who was selling. Uh, Yeah. I'm not the only one who buys used rugs. No. Yeah. Of course not. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, it's, it, it makes sense. Cause it's like, if you're going to buy an antique rug, it's going to be used anyway. So, um, and it, and it looked like a, like an old, like, antique and so I I was like messaging with her and like um she had listed it for like a hundred bucks and I was trying to haggle her down Mm -hmm. and uh it was working like the haggling was going well we got down to like 75 bucks not bad and how big um, a rug are we talking about like three and a half by five I think okay yeah small rug rug, but it was like nice and I like really liked it um and I was like is this too much I don't know I guess it's like I'll see it in person And then, um, like, and it took like a few days of like back and forth before she agreed. And so then when I went to go pick it up, um, I like, I didn't know what to expect, but she came out and she was like smiling and she had it folded up and she was just like, uh, she handed it to me and she was like, uh, my father sent this to me from Iran, um, but because of the travel ban, I have to go back. Oh, shit. Um, because my husband can't come here. Um, so uh, otherwise I would keep it. Oh, but, no. Like she was like, and she was really cheerful when she was saying it, like surprisingly cheerful. And mm-hmm. she was like, don't wash it. It's wool. Um, but like, uh, and, and I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, because of Trump being president, I got married because yeah. my boyfriend lost his health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and like tried to commiserate with her and then and I, I realized I didn't have exact change so I I, I overpaid mm-hmm. um, and I was like I feel fine about overpaying yeah. now oh my god <laughs> and it was interesting because it was like if she had said any of that stuff while we were haggling she would have gotten way more money for this rug but uh, it was like a, such a surprising interaction where it was like she just immediately said all this stuff and like handed me the rug and I was like yeah. well if you ever come back let me know maybe I can give it back to you um, and uh, and then as soon as I like got in my car, she texted me again, um, to say, um, 
nice meeting you and I hope you enjoy it. And I said, you two going to work hard to get him voted out. Cause uh-huh. she was just like, we got to get him voted out. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And he's like changing yeah. lives. Yeah. But it totally changed the way I see this rug now. Cause it was, yeah. it went from me being like, I don't know if this is worth what I'm paying for it to feeling like I got a huge steal and I'm going to take really good care of it. And also it's beautiful. And I like, once I put it in my room, I like could not stop looking at it. I, I want to see so this much. rug. Yeah. I'll show you a picture of it. Um, but anyway, it was just like a really like, it really like jolted me out of where I was mm-hmm. in that day. Cause I was just like, I mean, I was having a good day, but I was also, I was just like, Oh man, I like went into this transaction with my guard up and yeah, it just got totally. totally knocked down. This is what Craigslist is all about. Yeah, man. You get a thing you want. You get a good deal. You, you get a story. You meet someone fascinating. Yeah. And also I'm like, now I'm never going to get rid of this rug. I'm yeah. like, it's so, It's a treasure. It's a treasure. And I feel like, man. And then I, I like texted Peter about it and he was like, if it makes you feel better, I'm pretty sure the haggling is like very common in Iran. <laughs> 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 no, you like, yeah, you didn't offend this person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it was just, I, I had forgotten that we had talked about Craigslist so much on our last episode, but then I was like listening to it and I was like, oh my God. Oh, right. Like I kept remembering so- like, like other stories while I was listening to it. like just so many weird transactions on Craigslist throughout my life. Yeah. Like I, I love it so much. It's great. Yeah. Um, so that was another thing that I wanted to <laughs> address. That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was, a, it was a weird day. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I just went to therapy for the first time in a month. <laughs> Why had you taken a month off? Just uh, work, she was out of town and then I was out of town. So it was kind of just that. And I was like, oh, I'm doing fine. I can take a little breather. Yeah. But then if I don't go for a long enough it starts to feel like I haven't brushed my teeth in a while or something like the plaques building up in my brain (laughs) Um, and you're like why do I feel weird and then you go and you're like oh right oh right yeah I had all this like tension built up but it was great and then I (laughs) I just asked her out of the blue I was like wait are you Johnny Depp's therapist (laughs) I just totally out of the blue asked her this and she was like I can neither confirm nor deny and then she just waited a long time and she's like Oh, but I wouldn't be able to deal with that accent. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> At first, that made it sound like she was it his did, therapist. Right? And I was like, I knew it. You totally are. I'm like, why wouldn't you be able to Wait. deny? I feel like she just has like super good boundaries. And so she's like, if I asked her about someone she legitimately oh, was seeing, she, right. would be able, she would have to say the same thing. Yeah. Wait. So why did you think she was his therapist? I didn't. I just asked for it was like I was joking because <laughs> I was talking about um, how you know people in this industry and every other industry like do things and then a lot of people just believe their version of events and continue to work with them you know what oh. I mean like and how that continues to happen over and over again yeah no matter how believable the victim's story is and even if she does everything right yeah yeah it's very frustrating yeah um, it's frustrating yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, damn. A lot of meaningful eye contact happening right now, you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> between Emily and Indy. <laughs> Indy's like winking. Yeah. I know what you yeah. guys are talking about. Yeah. 
<laughs> no way to segue to this, but I, I read a really good book. I uh, finished I'll Be Gone in the Dark oh, by yeah. Michelle McNamara. I started reading that and I haven't finished it yet. I it's creepy. It. It's super creepy. I feel like once you get like a hundred pages in, then the rest of it just flies. Like you're just like, I can't put this down. This is so riveting. She's such a wonderful writer and I'm so sad she's not around anymore. And, uh, I was reading it at my parents' house and I started to get really freaked out because it was late at night and they live in an Eichler, which is like this kind of house that, um, it's a very specific type of architecture and it's blocked off from the street. Like there's no windows out to the street. And once you get inside, it's like all glass. Like you can, see oh. outside but so it, it's like on a hill but the street is on the upper part of the no road? it's no. not on a hill it's all flat it's just oh. there's no windows to the outside really oh, interesting um, to the street but um there's like a, a lot of glass between the, like the patio and backyard and the, okay. the middle of the house that wraps around it and so at night when you're sitting inside you can't see outside but anyone who was outside in the dark could see in like a fishbowl um, oh. so I got to, I started to get really creeped out. And then the very next page I read was about how easy it is to target people in Eichler's. Ah! Cause like, it's about the golden state killer. Oh God. And yeah. he, all the people he like, you know, murdered and, and That's stuff. So and terrifying. he, he murdered a couple people in Eichler's, I think in Walnut Creek. Um, and she had this great paragraph about it. The thing about Eichler's is they draw your attention to the outside walls of glass display the occupants like rare museum objects. At night, the play of light against dark means your view is limited to your own reflection. The the opaqueness fires the queasy imagination. And I was like, ah! (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Oh my God, yeah. Uh, So I got all creeped out, but in the best way. How many more nights did you have to stay in that house after reading that? Oh my God, just one. And I slept like a baby. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Are you prepared for death? I guess so. I don't really think I'm going to get murdered, but yeah, um, it's a great book. Really riveting. And uh, I should pick it back up. I also just saw Patton Oswalt's recent special. Oh, yeah. Annihilation. Annihilation. It was really, really really good. good. I loved it. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, And he talks about her and it's wonderful. Um, He got nominated for an Emmy for that. (gasps) Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, and you got nominated for an Emmy. I wasn't bringing it up for that reason. <laughs> but I'm going to bring it up. I got nominated for an Emmy. Because I'm proud of you. Yay. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Are you, do you know what you're going to wear? I don't know. That's the best part. I know. You get to I go need, to the fancy party. I need so many ideas. I was talking to You guy. should wear something crazy. I think so too. <laughs> Just in case you never get to go back. Right? Should I wear a quinceanera dress? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want I I truly am open to any and all ideas. Oh, um man. well if you ever want to send something to me like an image of a dress. Yes, or, please. Know. And if you think of anything, I mean you've done more red carpets than I have. I have? I think so. I've done a couple like Bojack premieres where there's just one tiny step and repeat uh-huh. in the corner and I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'll get on there." But you've also gone to like <laughs> Award shows, right? Yeah, a couple. You guys have been nominated for like animation awards and like WGA awards and yeah, stuff? Yeah, the I've been to the Annie's and the Critics' Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. The Critics' Choice Awards, I never actually get to walk the carpet, but I always like slip onto the side and take a picture just because <laughs> it looks, it's fun. I'm unclear on whether or not I'll be able to walk the carpet, but I should because I'm... Hold on Indy. just a moment. Indy, you're being very rude. Indy really wants to weigh in on what I wear. Um, Indy wants to do a step and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> it's great for Instagram. <laughs> uh, 
I think I should be able to walk it because I'm a, a nominee, yeah. but I, I don't know if they're going to care. But I was talking to Guy Branham yesterday and he was like, have you thought about your strategy yet? And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. And he was like, show up early because all the big names come later. Yes. So you'll get more time on the red carpet. And if you make a big splash, people will cover you. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, that's such a good point. If I show up early and wear something weird, no one else will be worth taking a picture of at that point anyway. I love Guy Branham so much. He's the best person. He has a new book, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, My Life as a Goddess. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that this came up because I really wanted to plug that. I just started reading it yesterday and it's already so great. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love him because he I've only met him like three times and each time he's like done something so memorable. Like he taught me about Ruth Bader Ginsburg when he was on our podcast. Yeah. Um, One time I ran into him at uh, a premiere of Adam's show and he just pointed at me and said, ah, little black dress with a statement jacket. Love it. <laughs> and I was like, you just, you just perfectly described my whole approach to dressing for this event. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, it was like so weirdly flattering. Yeah. Every time I see him, he gives me like an incredibly specific compliment about something that happened years ago. He's so specific. Yes. I really appreciate it. But he He's makes someone who it notices. feel sincere too. He notices the things that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. One time he mentioned like Bojack on his podcast, Pop Rocket, and he mentioned the sea creatures in particular and Sextina Aquafina, which is my favorite character design I've ever done. So I was oh, like, wow. You, you oh, know, man. You, you notice things that matter. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. There are two things he's complimented me on that are like things where I'm like, yes, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Where it's like yesterday when I saw him, he complimented me on like my clarity, where he was like, <laughs> You have a way of speaking where you know, like, it's so clear what you're talking about. And, like, you have a clarity of, of, (laughs) uh, and he was like, and when we took that car ride to Vermont, (laughs) which was three years ago, Uh he was like, when we took that car ride to Vermont, or maybe it was two years ago, he was like, I've never felt so safe (laughs) in a conversation with someone. (laughs) And I'm like going to cry on your behalf. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. But then the other one, which I think was maybe um, something, a a compliment he gave me when we were in Vermont was something like, because it was like at a wedding and I was going for it on the dance floor. And Mm -hmm. he was like, it is so important to give your all on the dance floor and no one does it like you. It's, (gasps) it was just something where it was just like, I can't believe how, so and it he's was like, not, he's he not, complimented me on my articulateness and also my dancing to Robin. Right. And he's not <laughs> bullshitting you because those are two of the best things about you, like undeniably. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, those are things that I am proud of about myself. But I wouldn't think to compliment you in that way so specifically because I'm not him. I don't have like super brain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have super brain. <laughs> if I tried to compliment someone that way, I feel like it would come across so creepy and awkward somehow. I don't know why. I just wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel I could try. uncomfortable doing it. But I think I... Because it's like saying, hey, I notice you. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I have been told that I do that, though, sometimes. Yeah. But it's been a while, I guess. <laughs> I feel One thing I don't like about myself is I do think a lot of nice things about people that I don't say. Me too. <laughs> I think them all the time and I don't say them because I'm worried it'll be like overwhelming and like... Uh, yeah. Uh, Instead of just being like, I really love your outfit, I'm always just staring at them weirdly yeah 
I want to compliment everyone at work constantly because I love them all and I don't want to be like a creepy like supervisor or whatever. So I, I don't know why I have that feeling. Like I'm worried it'll be too emotionally overwhelming to be like, I appreciate you <laughs> so much. <laughs> but I feel like that's such a nice thing to say yeah. to someone. Put it in a card. Yeah. That's a good move. I did write cards for everyone one year and they, they liked it. And That's, I like hid under, I literally like hid under my desk. I oh my was God. so afraid of people like coming into my office to thank me for them. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. I guess that's one good thing about like when I procrastinate on something is I do start complimenting people because I am bored and I don't want to do work. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll like talk to people and I'll like leave nice comments on people's Instagrams or whatever. Uh-huh. Like this feels really productive. Or I'll be like, <laughs> actually now is the perfect time to email someone and let them know that I enjoyed their project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, should we do one on fun? Yeah. <laughs> it's time for one on fun. Have you ever had Emily? I kind of just want to ask you if you've had another like interesting Craigslist interaction. I was going to say like, what's the worst one? The worst one. But like it could just be another one of of interest of note. Oh, one time I bartered a guitar for a massage. You gave a guitar away? I gave a guitar away. For a massage? For a massage. From the person who took the guitar? Yeah. That's crazy. How was it? Um, It was really good. And it was (laughs) definitely weird. It was like... um, (laughs) Was it a lady or a man? It was a woman. Yeah. And it was... uh, it was just like a really basic electric guitar that I think I had gotten for like $90 and I tried to sell it to like a used instrument store and no one would buy it because <laughs> nah. they were like, we have a hundred of these. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh yeah, the only thing to do with this is to barter it yeah. and I really want a massage and I can't afford one. And so I posted on Craigslist that and this woman um, drove to my house with a massage table in her van and set it up in my backyard. Yes. And gave me a massage. How old were you? I was like 20. Wow. Um, and uh, I like that she did it outside. We didn't have room in the house. Yeah. <laughs> this was when me and Allison were um, subletting an apartment for the summer mm-hmm. in Santa Cruz from um, this couple. And so it was like a one bedroom apartment. And I was sleeping in the living room Mm -hmm. and it was like 420 square feet, the whole thing. Um, and so, yeah, there was absolutely no room in, in the living room. And so we had to do it in the backyard, but it was summer and it was like nice out. Sounds so great. The only thing about it that was like surprising to me was, so I was like, we were outside. It was private. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was private. And, um, so I was just wearing like shorts and, uh, at one point, she just like pulled my shorts down and was like, is it okay if I do this? And started massaging my butt. Uh-huh. And I was like, you could have asked before you did that. I mean, <laughs> it's fine, but <laughs> you already did it. But so. it was like, that's a weird way to ask for consent. That's yeah. the wrong way to ask for consent in general. It didn't bother me because it like, that was the whole reason why yeah. I like had a woman do it. But yeah, totally. But it was like, <laughs> maybe she was like, she knew that like, 
if my knee jerk reaction was to say no, but I didn't know what I was missing, I'd be wrong. Yeah. Totally. So she wanted me to see how good and important it is to get a glute massage before I. Yeah. So I made an informed decision. Like, here's a taste of this. Would you mm-hmm. like to continue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a sample of ice cream. Totally. It's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's great. Lisa. Yeah. Did you ever meet anyone on MySpace? No. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Really? Yeah. How would I have? Did, like, you mean... Like, did you ever have, like, friends that you met on MySpace, whether or not you saw them in person ever? No. I think MySpace, I kept really contained okay. to people I know. As far as I remember, I really don't have a good, strong memory of MySpace and what it was like. I think I was more into LiveJournal. And okay. LiveJournal, I actually made friends who I met in oh. real life um, from people who just started following my diary, which is so strange. What was what were your LiveJournal friends like? Uh, a lot of it started out as high school friends. Uh-huh. Um, Raphael convinced me to join LiveJournal in the first place. Um, he's also the one who convinced me to join Facebook. Wow, <laughs> which is weird. Um, yeah, it was mostly high school friends, and then once I went to college, my pool expanded a little bit, and this like grad student at UCLA started following my journal and then we met in person and like went on a couple dates. Whoa. Yeah. It was weird. Was, uh, was this person like cool? He was weird, but like very respectful. He wasn't like a total, I mean, (laughs) everything I would say about him would make him sound like a creep Uh because he like studied the history of porn and did a lot of weird stuff. But, but he was like, But he was like a nice man. Like he was very polite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Weird, right? I just, I'm also, I'm just like, what do you think it was about your live journal that attracted? Oh, I was very like frank and yeah, I think he, he was into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to read it. Uh, Early 20s. A weird time. A weird time. (laughs) That concludes one on fun. Uh, It's time for Chunch Chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Ben Chunch. Um, there is no new Ben Chunch news today. That concludes Chunch Chat. Uh, we'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. <laughs> The news today is terrible, so why not forget about it while listening to Jonah Radio uh, with Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. Featuring Neil Mahoney. Also me. This is a podcast where we play music submitted by a listener. We hang out, we listen to new tunes, and uh, we take submissions at JonahRadio, R-A-Y-D-I-O, at gmail.com. Come and check us out. We're here anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. be here. So, and that's it. Back to your regularly scheduled uh, podcast. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. Uh, This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us uh, by Rachel Burns. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Um, It is the Wikipedia page for Greenland Shark. 
Somniosis microcephalus, uh, also known as the gurry shark or gray shark, or by the Kalalisut name Ikalosuak. It's a large shark of the family Somniosidae, sleeper sharks. Sleeper sharks. A sleeper shark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like That's, a shark that you don't know you're into at first, and then like everyone's into it. Yeah, or it's like living as a person until it gets the call that a shark is needed. <laughs> Oh, apparently the common name sleeper shark comes from their slow swimming, low activity level and perceived non-aggressive nature. Oh, so creepy. Good to know. Yeah. I love sharks. I'll say this a few times. Sorry. (laughs) I please stop apologizing for things that are (laughs) truly charming, such as you saying you love sharks and also menstruating extremely heavily. I mean, apologize if you want. I don't think there's anything wrong with apologizing. It's so heavy. It might attract sharks, which is like a plus. Which you would be into. I would be so into that. Uh, The Greenland shark has the longest known lifespan of all vertebrate species, estimated to be between 300 to 500 years. And it is among the largest extant species of shark. As an adaptation to living at depth, it has a high concentration of trimethylene N-oxide in its tissues, which causes the meat to be toxic. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Greenland shark flesh treated to reduce toxin levels is eaten in Iceland as a delicacy known as Kester Hakari. Hakarl. Um... That's crazy. I love that. I love that. So why would they eat that? Why would they eat that? They're like, this thing is poison and is killing people, but I'm so determined to keep eating it. I mean, I guess if you really needed food. I guess, yeah. But they still eat it. Like there's a episode of uh, Anthony Bourdain's show where he eats it. And he says it's the foulest thing he's ever tasted. (laughs) He hates it so much. And he's someone who will eat anything and has such an open mind and open palate. It's like so funny. I love I watched a clip of it online after reading this page. And it's like, God, I got to watch that. He hates it so much. (laughs) It's great. Um, the Greenland shark is one of the largest living species of shark with dimensions comparable to those of the great white shark. Classic shark. Classic shark. They grow to 6.4 meters, 21 feet, and uh, 2,200 pounds, and possibly up to 7.3 meters or 24 feet and more than 3,100 pounds. Most Greenland sharks observed have been around oh, 8 to 15 feet long and weigh up to 880 pounds. Males are typically smaller than females. It rivals the Pacific sleeper shark, possibly up to 7 meters or 23 feet long, as the largest species in the family Somniosidae. The Greenland shark is a thick-set species. Same. (laughs) (laughs) With a short, rounded snout, small eyes, and very small dorsal and pectoral fins. The gill openings are very small for the species' great size. Coloration can range from pale creamy gray to blackish brown, and the body is typically uniform in color. The whitish spots or faint dark streaks are occasionally seen on the back. Dentition. Mm. I like when there's a dentition section of a Wikipedia page. (laughs) More pages should have a dentition section. Please put one on mine if I ever get a Wikipedia page, (laughs) which I still do not have. (laughs) You don't have one? No. That's crazy. Agreed. What? Someone tried to make me one and they... If it was one of you listeners, thank you, but you didn't do a great job writing it and it got taken (laughs) down. (laughs) The thought does count, but the thought counts, but also just like look at a couple other ones and uh, 
think about what is actually impressive about my life. Um, <laughs> when feeding on large carcasses, the shark employs a rolling motion of its jaw. The teeth of the upper jaw are very thin and pointed, lacking serrations. These upper jaw teeth, numbering from 48 to 52, act as an anchor while the lower jaw proceeds to cut massive chunks out of their prey for a quick and easy kill. So the top top one's the fork and the bottom one's the knife. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No one can see you're doing that. I'm doing it. (laughs) The lower teeth are interlocking and are broad and square, 50 to 52 in count containing short, smooth cusps that point outward. Teeth in the two halves of the lower jaw are strongly pitched in opposite directions. This is a fucking mess. This is a fucking mess. This is so scary. (laughs) It's like gyrating and rotating teeth of all shapes and sizes, pointing in all directions. I'm just thinking about like, do you remember that show uh, BattleBots? Where it was yeah, like, as I would fight each other. Totally. And, like, the best ones were ones that were just like a wedge that could knock the other one over. But they would all have like, these weird like combinations of motions and things that yeah. they're like a, a shark is like nature's battle. bot. <laughs> nature's just like, I'm just going to throw teeth in there and hope that it yeah. can kill everything else. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it'll go side to side. I don't know. <laughs> it'll never sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Diet. The Greenland shark is an apex predator. Oh, I love that. I got a chill. And (laughs) mostly eats fish. It has never been observed hunting. What? (laughs) Just because it hasn't been observed very often. I see. Uh, We think it hunts. We don't know. Um, Recorded fish prey have included smaller sharks, skates, eels, herring, capelin, arctic char, cod, rosefish, sculpins, lumpfish, wolfish, and flounder. Some of those are made up, I think. No shit. Um, A sculpin? (laughs) Like, yeah, right. Lumpfish. Greenland sharks have also been found with remains of seals, polar bears, horses, moose, and reindeer. In one case, an entire reindeer body in their stomachs. (gasps) Excuse me? (laughs) The Greenland shark is known to be a scavenger and is attracted by the smell of rotting meat in the water. The sharks have frequently been observed gathering around fishing boats. It also scavenges on seals. So wait, did a... Did a reindeer die and then fall off into the water and then a shark was like, yeah. I don't know. Like, because otherwise... (laughs) How did that happen? Santa was delivering (laughs) some toys to a child on a buoy. (laughs) You haven't seen Rudolph lately? Wow. (laughs) Who did Rudolph replace, right? Right? That can't have been the first foggy Christmas. (laughs) Did Rudolph do it on purpose? (laughs) Uh, although such a large shark could easily consume a human swimmer the frigid waters it typically inhabits make the likelihood of attacks on humans very low and no cases of predation on people have been verified other behavior as an ectotherm living in a just above freezing environment i love the way that this sentence starts it's like the way like a man will be like as a man as an introvert i I, yeah (laughs) as an ectotherm living in a just above freezing environment um (laughs) the greenland shark has the lowest swim speed and tail beat frequency for its size across all fish species which most likely correlates with its very slow metabolism and extreme longevity it's like the turtle of the sea right Aside from like sea turtles, <laughs> which is also a turtle of the sea. 
<laughs> it swims at a leisurely 1.22 kilometers per hour or 0.76 miles per hour. Whoa, that with, is really slow. It's really slow with its fastest cruising speed only reaching 1.6 miles per hour. How does this thing catch anything? Because this top, oh, that's a scavenger. Uh, because this top speed is only half that of a typical seal in their diet, Biologists are uncertain how the sharks are able to prey on the faster seals. It is hypothesized that they may ambush them while they sleep. Oh, my God. And it moves so slow. You just never even know it was coming. That is creepy. It's like getting a drive-by with a Prius. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Greenland sharks migrate annually based on depth and temperature rather than distance, although some do travel. During the winter, the sharks congregate in the shallows up to 80 degrees north for warmth, but migrate separately in summer to the deeps or even farther south in summer. The species has been observed at a depth of 2,200 meters by a submersible investigating the wreck of the SS Central America that lies about 160 miles east of Cape Hatteras, North Carolina. Wow, 7,200 feet under the sea? That's so crazy. That's so far. Daily vertical migration between shallower and deeper waters has also been recorded. Have you ever seen the goblin shark? In person? <laughs> no. <laughs> like a picture of it? Uh, I don't know. That's one of those weird, like really deep, deep, deep sea oh. creatures where you're like, this is a, a ghost. Like this it's is not ghost. A I don't want to, I don't want to see, I don't need to see that. It's great. <laughs> the shark is often colonized by the mutualistic bioluminescent cope. Copepod. Bioluminescent copepod. 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 Omatocoita longata, which attaches itself to the shark's eyes and attracts praise to the shark's head. Oh, that's a deep sea thing. To oh. have a little light that attracts good yeah. goodies to your mouth. So it's a mutualistic. It's like you give me some food and I'll light up. Yeah. And I'll light you up. I'll light it up. The shark occupies what tends to be a very deep environment, seeking its preferable cold water, uh, about 30 to 53 degrees Fahrenheit, habitat. Uh, habitat. <laughs> I can't talk today. When hoisted upon deck, it beats so violently with its tail that it is dangerous to be near it, and the seamen generally dispatch it without much loss of time. The pieces that are cut off exhibit a contraction of their muscular fibers for some time after life is extinct. It is therefore extremely difficult to kill and unsafe to trust the hand within its mouth, even when the head is cut off. And if we are to believe Krantz, this motion is to be observed three days after if the part is trod on or struck. This is a quote by Henry William Dewhurst, The Natural History of the Order Cetacea. I wonder what he means by it is unsafe to trust the hand within its mouth. You can't, oh, like you you can't, can't put, put your, your hand, hand in, in its, its mouth, mouth even after the head's been cut off because of the muscular contractions oh, keep happening after it's dead. So, so it'll creepy. clamp down on your hand. Oh my God. How has there not been a movie about this? It's awesome. Uh, longevity. The Greenland shark has the longest known lifespan of all vertebrate species. One Greenland shark was tagged off Greenland in 1936 and recaptured in 1952. Its measurements suggest that Greenland sharks grow at a rate of 0.4 inches per year. In 20, so slow. It's so slow. 0. 0.2 to 0. 0.4 inches per year. In 2016, a study based on 28 specimens that ranged from 81 to 502 cent, uh, centimeters, so 2.7 to 16.5 feet in length, determined by radiocarbon dating of crystals within the lens of their eyes. I was wondering how they dated that. Yeah, that Just makes crystals sense. in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just eye crystals. <laughs> just shark eye crystals. Uh, that the oldest of the animals that they sampled, which was also the largest, had lived for uh, 
392 plus or minus 120 years. Wait, I don't know what that symbol means. I think it literally means that. I mean, they think it's 392, but it could be plus or minus Whoa. 120. I don't know why it's plus or minus such a yeah. wide range. Yeah. I guess it depends. The authors further concluded that the species reaches sexual maturity at about 150 years of age. Depending on whether the shark smoked or not, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you know, um, that is so fucking crazy. I like that they reach their sexual maturity at 150. Yeah. Maybe I haven't peaked yet. (laughs) I also never thought a slow metabolism would be a good thing, but apparently it is. Apparently it is. If you want to live 400 years. If you want to live 400, which I do not. (laughs) Not particularly. As recently as 1957, females were found not to deposit eggs in the bottom mud, but retain the developing embryos within their bodies so that they are born alive after an undetermined gestation period, a process known as ovoviviparity. Ovoviviparity. I think some snakes do that. I think so too, but I'm basing that on a drawing you did. (laughs) 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 Uh, about 10 pups per litter are normal each initially measuring uh, some 15 to 17 inches in length I love that they're called pups yeah that's cute it's cute wow Um, physiological adaptations ooh this has a lot of words I can't say let's try do you want me to do it I'll try it like other elasmobranchi that was perfect thank you We'll see how I do the rest. Um, Greenland sharks have high concentrations of the nitrogenous waste products, urea. That's like the PP one. Um, <laughs> and trimethylmalane <laughs> and oxide, TMAO, in their tissues, which increases their buoyancy and functions as osmoprotectants. You're doing great. Thank you. TMAO also counteracts the protein destabilizing tendencies of urea and of deep water pressure. Its presence in the tissues of both elasmobranch and teleoist fish has been found to increase with depth. What's what's teleoist? I don't know. Means complete bone. Oh. They're fish with complete bones. Complete bones. <laughs> the blood of Greenland sharks contains three major types of hemoglobin made up of two copies of a globin combined with two copies of three very similar B subunits. Beta subunits? Beta subunits. Is that a beta? I don't know. I think you're right. Yeah. These three types show very similar oxygenation. What is this pretty dry? What else is happening? Yeah, we don't have to do this part. Uh, There's a lot of science shit. If you're a nerd, go look at it yourself. Hemipocket structures, (laughs) electronic absorption. This is the part that I think is interesting is when we get to it as food. Yeah, here we go. The flesh of the Greenland shark is toxic because of the presence of high concentrations of trimethylamine oxide. If the meat is eaten without pretreatment, the ingested TMAO is metabolized into trimethylamine, which can produce effects similar to extreme drunkenness. <laughs> cool. That's why people eat it. Occasionally, uh. sled dogs that eat the flesh are unable to stand up because of this effect. Similar toxic effects occur within the related Pacific sleeper shark, but not in most other shark species. So you just act extremely drunk for a while and then you're fine or do you you then die? Maybe it depends how much you chow down on. It doesn't say anything about dying from it. Yeah. The meat can be treated for safe consumption by boiling in several changes of water, drying or fermenting for several months to produce case or hakarl. Traditionally, this is done by burying the meat in boreal ground for six to eight weeks, which presses the TMAO out of the meat and also results in partial fermentation. The meat is then dug up and hung in strips to dry for several more months. It is considered a delicacy in Iceland. I'm trying to imagine what it must taste like to make Bourdain so upset. 
I imagine yeah. because of the urea content that it has that like really old standing piss kind of. It tastes like old pee probably. Which and, is really bad. And also fish and also fermentation. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, yeah, like briny fish. Like yeah. oceany. So that's real nasty. Oh, God. Inuit legends. This is the last section. The Greenland shark's poisonous flesh has a high urea content, which gave rise to the Inuit legend of Skalugswak. 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 The first Greenland shark. The legend says that an old woman washed her hair in urine and dried it with a cloth. <laughs> the cloth blew into the ocean to become Skalugswak. Another legend tells of a girl whose father cut off her fingers while drowning her, with each finger turning into a sea creature, including Skalugswak. The Greenland shark plays a role in cosmologies of the Inuit from the Canadian Eastern Arctic and Greenland. Igluit uh, Inuit believe that the shark lives with the urine pot of Sedna, goddess of the sea, and consequently its flesh has a urine-like smell and acts as a helping spirit to shamans. That is so crazy. It's a piss shark. It's a pee- it's a pee-pee shark. Pee-pee shark. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I it does it not love so you. So much. Um, you know what I'm thinking it would look like is this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really into this artist, Lorian Stern. I love her sharks. I love her so much. And she makes these ceramic sharks and she has one that's yellow. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that they're not yellow, but that would be I a know, good. I know, but yeah. just like. Um, <sighs> thank you so much for sending us this page, Rachel. It is so crazy. Are you going to put a Greenland shark in Bojack now? I wonder how I could make it look like that kind of shark specifically. Yeah. I could just draw it and then the people who really know will see it and then they'll know. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Too late for season five, but maybe next season. Yeah. Um, that concludes Wiki of the Week. Good one. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Um, I learned that there's a pee-pee shark. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if there's other, like, is there, like, a barf shark and, like, a shit shark and, like, a, a blood shark? Yeah. It's great. I love it. It's great. It's really good. I, like when we got this wiki page, I just went like down a rabbit hole reading about sharks, different sh- shark pages on Wikipedia until I fell asleep and it was so relaxing. It was like so nice. That's not relaxing I just, in my mind. But. I love reading about sharks because <laughs> I'll never like go where they're going to attack me. Most likely. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing is it's like, but you know what? I'm also never going to go into space and I don't like reading about space. Yeah. Because I'm scared. Same. I feel differently about about space. I, I kind of li- like scaring myself reading about the ocean. Yeah. Space is like, I just, I don't know. I do like reading about anyone who doesn't know Trump is president, and that includes sharks. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get to be them for a little bit while I'm reading it. Yeah, become the shark. Yes. Sharks are very apolitical. And normally that would bother me, but I think it's okay in this case. <laughs> I think if they had to take a stand on environmental issues, they would. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I learned that um, this is harder when we don't have guests. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've uh, gone past the point of learning anything from each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
because there's no there was no chunja chat this week too so. i know really <laughs> um i, I mean, guess I, don't blame me blame martha honestly i like, guess i learned that like you were more social on live journal than myspace which yeah is honestly a little bit of a surprise yeah cool um that's uh, our show you guys thank you so much um, um i'll describe a couple butt pictures thank you while they're here in front of me um one of our listeners fell down the stairs and landed on her butt so hard that a toddler in the room started crying <laughs> um and she got a bone bruise oh my god and it's like such a big bruise it's, a it's big crazy bruise. i hope you feel better this soon. is not the first butt bruise picture and i hope it is not the last i like that people send us pictures of their butts when a bad thing has happened like a sunburn or a bruise it's like <laughs> yeah. well, this is different and notable yeah um i also like it when people write and they're like uh, i want to send a butt picture but it's not quite ready yet and i'm like what are, <laughs> what are you what are you gonna do to your butt <laughs> what are you working on you just like creaming up your butt with a butt moisturizer um although there have been people who have been like going through a like a medical transition yeah, yeah. who have been like I'm going to send you my butt when I'm done transitioning. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean send it at any point when you want to send it. Yeah. You could also send it now and then send it again later yeah. if you want to show us a change. But then there are people who are like I'm not ready yet and they don't say that that's why and it's a little bit more mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I just like it when they're like it's yeah. not ready yet. It's not like, ready yet. Like the butt needs to I was ready but yeah. the butt was not. <laughs> Lotions and creams. Oh yeah. Um, someone else sent us a great picture of her butt taken by her husband. She has got lacy panties. They're great. Yeah. Um, and someone else sent a picture of them lying on their bed, reading a book and they have a flower wreath on their head and their butt looks very mystical. It's a really sexual picture. It's very seventies and I really yeah. like it. Great job guys. Um, that's our show. <laughs> Rate and subscribe on, on iTunes and other things. Yeah, uh, send us uh, emails at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. And goodbye. Baby geniuses, we know everything. 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 Hi, this is Jay Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself here on the Maximum Fun Network. On Go Fact Yourself, we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. Paul, by the way, how much do you know about chicken husbandry? You gotta give them that grain. <laughs> All right. You gotta give them that grain. And then smart again. What future Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians became the first active player to enlist? Bob Feller. When... Oh, okay. We've got me co-host Helen Hong, plus celebrity guests and actual surprise experts. In the coming weeks, you can hear guests like Maria Bamford, Tom Bergeron, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and Grant Imahara. And if you're in the New York area, come check us out live. We're doing two shows there on July 21st and July 22nd. Go to GoFactorPod.com for tickets and more. We'll see you in New York or on the first and third Friday of every month here on the Maximum Fun Network. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.